You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number four. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to this week's episode of the Paleo NP podcast. I have got an awesome guest for you guys today. I am joined by V from Authentically Nourished V, and I'm actually going to let her introduce herself. But before I make her do that, um, let's just break the ice really quickly with something new that she's into. So V, why don't you tell us something new that you're into, like a food thing, a fitness thing, or just a life thing, just something new. Sorry to put you on the spot there. No, I like it. Uh, Something new. Well, I'm currently obsessed with The Alchemist, so that's a new book. Um, It's really interesting to read about someone else's, well, not someone else's, a fictional character's journey towards this personal legend. And I've heard about the book. I'm 32. I should have known, I should have known about it by now. Should have read it, but I'm totally into it. Totally obsessed. And I think everybody should read it. That's awesome. So V and I share a lot of similar views on health and lifestyle related things. And I think that she's just someone who's doing an amazing job of living her best life, even though the struggles are hard time, or even through the struggles and the hard times. And she manages her chronic disease holistically, which I'll actually let you or let her tell you more about. Um, But she's also really realistic about living in a way that supports her body and her needs as they arise or change. So that's super awesome. She's also got this amazing positivity mindset, self-love situation going on that is absolutely great. And we're definitely going to get into that a bit later. So um, just to get things started, why don't you give us a quick introduction and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Victoria or V. Um, V is the name that I was dubbed about 10, 12 years ago. More on that in my blog. Um, I have been paleo for almost six years um, and sort of found it by accident and through a journey of uh, lifelong struggle with chronic illness and chronic pain and not really knowing that I was not, um, that I was not abnormal. Um, Cause I think growing up, I thought, oh, well, this is just how it is. Everything's normal. Well, it's not normal to not feel great all the time. Um, so I'm a full-time professional and I work in higher education and I'm also a PhD student studying, um, human development and looking at spirituality as a component of, um, social justice and activism. Also a holistic health coach, um, looking at advocating for folks who like myself are chronically ill. I am a yogi enthusiast. I love Pilates, um, but have gotten more into yoga because of the off the mat mindset and really living yoga and breathing yoga. Um, I'm a mom of two cats. (laughs) I am a beauty counter, uh, brand ambassador and have been doing that for six months now since June, and I love it. So really, all of my interests kind of stem from the same point in my life and the same 
they're meeting at the same nexus, which is really cool. That's awesome. Like I said, we share a lot of the same, a lot of the same views on things and are into a lot of the same stuff. So that's really why I wanted to have you on today. Um, what we're going to talk about today are a few different things that I think our listeners who I think are primarily women um, and just want to hear a perspective, different perspectives surrounding nutrition, health, fitness, mindset, and all of that stuff. I mean, I, you're studying to be a health coach and I'm a nurse practitioner. I like to get into all the research stuff. Um, so it's kind of, it's nice to have a little bit of a different balance here instead of me just talking to myself about these things all the time. <laughs> so you and I, um, it's pretty similar, um, but I think it helps our listeners to understand, like to talk about this with someone else to help our listeners understand why this stuff is important and why it, it matters. Because I think a lot of the times when people go to see their doctor or whoever, their healthcare professional, they get told to do something and they don't ever really understand why it's important or even how to advocate for themselves for what's, what's best for them in their situation. And I mean, I'm a healthcare professional. I find it really frustrating when I go to the doctor and my doctor tells me what to do and they don't even really, they don't even really know me. I mean, they see me for 15 minutes a year. So like, how do they know what, what's best for me? So when I work with patients and clients, I try really hard to involve them in the decision-making process and present options and help them make that make those decisions for themselves because obviously we ultimately are the ones who knows what's best for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So to start off with, um, you did give us a little bit of your paleo story, but how did you get to a place where you even realized that you needed or wanted to eat better or improve your, improve your nutrition? I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I truthfully, my weight, my weight journey goes back to like age nine. So as I said at the beginning, I'm 32 and I've never been small. I've never not had extra rolls or extra skin. Um, and I just sort of thought that was part of me. I was bullied as a kid. I'm Italian. So I figured my weight was related to being Italian. Um, little did I know under the surface, I had a lot of things going on. I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was... I think 16 is when I had surgery and then sort of didn't do anything about it. So I didn't change my diet. I just kept eating and eating what my family gave me, which was a lot of gluten, a lot of uh, ice cream and just figured that was normal. Um, but my ex-wife was really interested in losing weight in 20, 2012. So she said, I've heard about this paleo thing. Let's give it a try because I want to lose weight. And I said, well, I'll support you and I'll do it with you. Well, needless to say, it ended up changing my entire life. Within the first couple of months, I actually started blogging in 2013, early 2013, um, about it because my endometriosis symptoms kind of subsided a little, not a whole lot. Weight started coming off and I started realizing I'm allergic to gluten. Um, who knew? Especially being Italian and all, right? Like that's pretty much all you ate, I bet. Well, and the, the scary thing is I thought it was normal to have to run to the bathroom after you eat uh, pancakes, for instance. That's not normal. Your body is attacking itself. And I didn't, I didn't know it um, because I didn't have the tools and I didn't have the family to help because they didn't know it either. So I transitioned to paleo, gluten-free um, in 2013 and literally life changed. I did my first whole 30 
now that we're coming up on January, everybody's <laughs> going to want to do Whole30. I did that and my endo symptoms went away for a month. Well, my gynecologist said, you can't live like that. So we'll figure out how you can manage it without that. But I've really stuck to trying to maintain a paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free lifestyle. And, and when I fall off of that, I was diagnosed with SIBO. So my body definitely responds to me listening to it, um, however that looks. But yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think that your story is similar to a lot of people. My paleo story is nothing like that. It was just sort of a thing that I did and it changed my life for the better. Like I didn't have, I wasn't trying to fix anything. Um, but I think your story is similar to a lot of people's story where they find it and it is life-changing, which I think is amazing. Tell us, you, you did tell us a little bit about the process, but how do you, how are, how have you learned to listen to your body? Like, how do you know when something needs to change or how do you know when you need more or less of something? Cause I know you're kind of like me and you're paleo, but you also eat, you know, gluten-free treats or occasionally you kind of make that, you know, dairy. I don't know. I think you occasionally eat cheese maybe. I mean, who doesn't love cheese? Right. <laughs> but, but like, how do, I, I think the hard thing for people to figure out is like how to know when, how to make those decisions for themselves. And I know it's a process because I've done it and it's hard for me to explain to people. I mean, I try, but it's like just something that you do. So I'm looking for another perspective on that. It is hard to describe, but I think the thing for me is listening to my skin. So by listening, I mean paying attention to the changes in my skin, paying attention to the gas that I have or I don't have. Um, it's okay if we get a little graphic. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a healthcare professional. Like, so you don't mind? <laughs> I don't mind. Really paying attention to my bowel movements. Like, are things looking not normal or looking normal? What is normal? And really being open about it. And I think that's the hardest part to get over. My family is not open. We don't talk about anything. You burp, you hold in gas, like you don't do any of that. Um, so I really had to pay attention to the signs my body was giving me, despite it being weird for a lot of people. So I know if I'm having, um, for instance, I figured out over eight months ago that I shouldn't eat nightshades. And I figured that out because this toxic gas was coming out of my body. Um, so this toxic gas was coming out of my body and I thought, oh my God, what is this? I eliminated nightshades and there you have it. So figuring out for me and listening and paying attention two or three weeks ago, I, I got a colony of zits like right on my chin and I figured out I had had dairy and red sauce the weekend before on a pizza. Well, that's where the zits came from. So let me try and eliminate the dairy and the nightshades again and my skin clears up. So I think it's hard to pay attention to the things that you've experienced your entire life. But um, the best thing I did for myself is to do an elimination diet and then introduce things back in slowly, which is a principle for a lot of elimination diets. Um, I think that's the way I figured out how to listen to my body. And that's usually what I recommend for people start out with something like a whole 30. Um, I've got an ebook that has a program that's very similar in it. Um, and I think that that, I, I agree. I think that just teaches you, like you don't realize how bad you feel until you feel better. And then you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, what the heck was I doing all of this time? And I've had probably a hundred patients tell me the same thing. They're like, how did, how did I not know about this? Number one. And how did I ever live like this before? I think, I think the most, um, the one that sticks out in my head the most is I, I had a patient who was like, oh, I feel terrible. And I was like, hey, try to change your eating, do a whole 30. 
three, 30 days later, she comes back and she's like, I lost 25 pounds and I'm never going back. And that was, I never saw her again. Like that was it. It was amazing. So I do, I do agree that, I mean, people are very attached to their, especially this time of year, their sugar, their bread, their cookies. And I know that giving that stuff up is hard. um, But I definitely think that legitimately the best way to learn how to listen to what your body is telling you is to do an elimination diet, be it the whole 30, the program I have, whatever. I mean, even Diane Sanfilippo's 21 day sugar detox, like all of those things accomplish the same end goal. So I think that's, I think that's Mm -hmm. important. And I'm glad to hear you say that too. Um, how do you, how do you balance those choices? Like you say, eating cheese gives you zits. And I know that's not uncommon. Like that's a a really big one for a lot of people. Um, but how do you kind of decide to make those decisions? Like if you really want the cheese, you eat the cheese and deal with the zits later, or are you like, how do you balance that? Cause I think that's also hard for people is knowing, knowing when enough is enough. And like, the difference between I really want to eat this pizza with cheese on it versus do I really want to, you know, have to wear a charcoal mask for the next 15 days because I have this. <laughs> Those are great questions. Um, for me, I don't, I know a lot of folks and there's this weird dichotomy of being good and being bad. And it's a choice. And at the end of the day, <laughs> honestly, I think about it like, do I want my pants to fit tomorrow or do I want to be a little uncomfortable? And I try not to fall into the trap of um, like punishing myself. So if I want the cheese and I'm not doing a strict whole 30 or I'm not strict paleo or whatever, I choose high quality um, raw cheese, for instance, or high quality um, ice cream and only do a little. So I think moderating myself and making sure that the ingredients within whatever I'm eating, the treat, let's say, is a high quality, like Simple Mills, for instance, is a really great brand that I will eat three or four of those cupcakes. Will it make me feel great? No, but I'm making the choice because it's a high quality brand that I trust and is not going to make me sick. And sometimes you just want to feel normal. Um, So for me, it's a choice about the ingredients. I won't go and eat something fried, for instance, or a piece of fried cheese, let's say, because I know it's going to make me feel awful. So just making a conscious choice. And I think that aspect of mindfulness around this is a choice. It is okay to make this choice and not beat myself up over it is something that has taken a lot of years to learn, but I'm really, really thankful that I've gotten there. And that's kind of what I want to help my clients see that it is a, everything's a choice there's no good, there's no bad. And when you're choosing things, you wouldn't choose a, if you have a thousand dollars to spend, you're not going to choose to spend it on 10 crappy bags. Well, I wouldn't, maybe <laughs> I would buy the one Louis Vuitton. So I sort of think about it in the same way. I think that's a really good, a really good perspective. perspective. Um, I like, I, I like no, no good or bad choices, um, especially around food. I mean, that's, like that's huge, especially this time of year. People are like, oh, I've, you know, been bad over the holidays and I ate all of these, you know, crappy cookies. And I like, that's something that I, I make sure that my patients understand too, is like, it's a choice. You made the choice. You should own the choice and it's okay. And it's okay to make the choice. Like this isn't a moral issue. This isn't, this isn't an issue that deserves punishment. So I think that's really, it's hard. Like it's a hard thing to, to wrap your head around because you know, as well as I do that like society tells us like, oh, 
you have to punish yourself. You ate, you were bad and now it's time to be good. And you need to punish yourself by doing 50 pushups um, because you ate a cupcake, which is, you know, it's ridiculous. You made the choice, you do it, you own it, you move on to the next thing. <laughs> that's, that's that. Something that you said about um, choosing high quality ingredients. I also think that that's really important. Um, and that's something I kind of subscribe to the mantra of like, if I really want it, I'm going to make it myself just because that that's like, do I really want it? Or do I just think that I really want it? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that also is part of listening to your body and listening to what your brain is telling you. If you think that you want it and you're not willing to go through the effort to make it yourself, then you probably don't really want it. And then the, so, you know, in, indulging do you um have you ever heard of gretchen rubin's personality do you do you follow those um are you a moderator or an abstainer i'm neither you're uh, neither oh well as far as like making choices because some people are moderators where they can have just a little bit and some people are abstainers where they do better if they just don't have it at all like a little bit leads to a little more leads to a little more so you just have to not have it i don't remember you know? i took a quiz or the test or whatever yeah it is. Yeah. But now I don't remember what it was, but moderator sounds like me. My, you mentioned that. So, well, my stepmother's motto growing up was everything in moderation. And she's like, she's a very small woman. Um, and I was always a big kid and she was always pushing that, but I don't know if that's something I choose for myself. Interesting. Yeah. I'm very much like, it's some things I can moderate and some things it's just like, don't even get me started. One, one cookie leads to 15 cookies and it's like, oops. <laughs> sometimes I just don't start. And I, I think that also is interesting with, um, and I think, I think it was last week when I was talking about uh, doing nutrition challenges in my, in the episode number three of the podcast, um, nutrition challenges and personalizing paleo. Um, one of the things that I mentioned was I have done, like I've done a strict whole 30 mm -hmm. and I learned what I needed to learn from that. And occasionally I'll go back to eating whole 30, but not quote unquote, doing a whole 30. Because for me, sometimes the difference between eating all the things and sticking with whole 30 is making a whole 30 compliant dessert, right? So if I want to make like, I don't know, some cookies that have, they're sweetened with dates or whatever, that to me is more important. I've stuck with the ingredients, which is the core versus not eating anything that satisfies whatever that need is. And then I drown myself in a vat of, you know, dairy-free Ben and Jerry's. Like yep. to yep. me, the choice is obvious. So, <laughs> um, I think that's important too, in helping people understand balance and, you know, like, yes, it's good to do a, an elimination diet, a whole 30, whatever. But if you're going to do it again, if you want to go back to, you get to make those choices. You get to decide if the rules are too restrictive, you get to, you get to kind of choose that and, and figure out how it's going to work for you. Do you, have you, do you occasionally go back to a whole 30 or do you, are you moved on and done with that? I'm moved on and done with that. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, the hardest part about whole 30 or the whole 30 or whatever Melissa was talking about on her Instagram today <laughs> is the restrictive nature of it. So I definitely battled disordered eating, um, a lot when I was younger. So like from age 17 ish when I was put on hormones. So I ballooned from like 120 to 180 um, pounds and the restrictiveness and the, the control that whole 30 has, um, I think for me could spiral me out of control in this mindset of, I can only eat this. I can only eat this. Um, so I try to eat whole, but not 
not succumb to this idea of whole 30 um, and just be mindful because it's, it can be a big spiral for people, I think. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the things that I talked about too, is if you have any sort of history of a disorder of disordered eating, you like, don't even, don't even go there, work with somebody, try to figure out a way to make that, to do an elimination diet without getting into that. Cause it kind of just becomes an excuse to like perpetuate that way of eating. And I don't think that that's healthy. That's probably less healthy than eating whole 30 in the first place. So I think that's important for people to understand. Um, so how has changing your nutrition, you'd kind of talked about this already a little bit, but how has changing your nutrition made a difference in your You're overall health? Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, how has changing your nutrition made a difference in your overall health and improved your chronic health issues? You, t- you touched on that a little bit, but, um, you said you got rid of your symptoms. Um, but how has that, how has that overall helped you manage? So with the initial whole 30, I got rid of the symptoms, but who wants to live like whole 30 forever? Um, I don't experience chronic fatigue like I used to. Adding in acupuncture in addition to my diet has really altered um, my inflammation from a lot of the the different things that I battle. Um, Figured out that I have some liver stuff going on. So a lot of my inflammation is down, which is great. And focusing on a low FODMAP diet has been helpful. So thinking about food as medicine has helped change the way I interact with it. I'm not always strict. I don't always cook at home. I don't always have access to whole uh, whole foods if I need it, but I have to think about long-term and every day is a choice. Like we talked about earlier, specifically with my endometriosis, I know when a flare is coming because I start getting certain symptoms and I know which foods to then put in. So anti-inflammatory foods are really helpful. Um, When I have my period, I drink a lot of kombucha, a lot of broth. I eat, well, I was eating a lot of sweet potatoes. I'm off sweet potatoes because of low FODMAP right now, but I miss them every day. (laughs) Oh, I miss them. So really trying to be seasonal and local and pay attention to the way my body responds. Sleep is a big one for me. So if I'm not sleeping or if I'm sleeping too much, I know that my my symptoms are flaring or I'm having a, a rough day because chronic illness doesn't ever go away. There is no cure for endometriosis. There is no cure for chronic pain. So I really am just mindful. Again, I, ugh, I feel like a broken record, but being mindful about trying new things and adding in green things and adding in... For instance, I'm Italian, like I said earlier. So I made a a seafood sauce for uh, Christmas Eve. I put turmeric in it. Nobody knows that I did that, but I knew I was having Capello's pasta, so I should be having some turmeric. Like I know that my body's gonna react. Um, But again, a choice, add a little health in there. You know, gotta mix it up a little. Does that answer the question? Absolutely. Um, and I think something else that you said, um, which is actually interesting. So I'm, I'm a functional medicine nurse practitioner, but I was not trained that way. Um, I was trained in a conventional setting and all of the knowledge I have about functional medicine, I got from working in a functional medicine clinic and doing research on my own. And the idea of endometriosis as a autoimmune inflammatory condition is like, when I heard that, I was like, that makes perfect sense, but nobody ever talks about it that way. Conventional medicine doesn't talk about it that way. And I know, I mean, I have a very close friend who suffers from endometriosis and I like, I was like, do you know this? Have you ever heard of this? And she's like, no, I had no idea, but it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So I think, um, 
the, the point there is just that anybody dealing with any sort of chronic illness, it is in your, or even symptoms that you're like, what the heck is going on? And your doctor is like, oh, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. This is normal. Chances are it's not normal. It's just a different perspective that you need to understand what is going on with your body. And I think that that's something that's kind of like my, I'm on a crusade to solve that problem for everyone because I was there. I mean, I had some chronic fatigue issues um, because I have Epstein-Barr virus, which apparently was, I, you know, was, wasn't diagnosed as a kid with mono, but that's something that came about later in life um, after a particularly stressful period. But like nobody, you go to the doctor and they're like, eh, you're fine. You're just, you're getting old. You're getting older. This is normal. Like, no, this is not normal. I don't think you understand what I'm telling you. So I think it's really important for people to understand that if you don't feel like you're normal, you're probably not. And it's, it's worth it to do the research, to find somebody that you could work with that you really jive with, um, whether it's a health coach, whether it's a holistic practitioner, whether it's a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner, like those are the people that are going to listen to you and really understand what's going on and even work with your conventional medicine doctor. I mean, I spent a lot of time doing that. And I think that's kind of where we all win is where conventional medicine, which is why I like functional medicine, where, where conventional medicine meets holistic health is like, that's the place that everybody wins. Yeah. So I think, um, I think your story will probably resonate with a lot of people just as far as like finding the answers. There are answers. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. And pushing the envelope. I think something that people don't want to do, not people, women are taught that our voices aren't valuable and these doctors know more than us, but we know what's going on in our bodies. And I think we devalue that. And I think we devalue our intuition when it comes to something's not right and we just need to keep pushing. I agree. And like I said, you know, you spend 15 minutes with your doctor every year unless you have something wrong. So what do they even really know about you? I mean, to be completely honest, and I'm, I mean, I worked in a, in a clinic that was like that where I spent five minutes with patients and it was ridiculous. And I'm like, how am I supposed to help anybody? So just don't be afraid to speak up. And if they look at you like you're crazy, it might be time to find a new doctor or a new healthcare professional because you're not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> um, you touched on a little bit about um, acupuncture, but tell me what other sort of lifestyle factors you've used to improve your health and kind of whether or not that was a natural progression for you or whether that was something that you really had to like think hard about or work really hard at figuring out was the next logical step? Well, due to a lot of my inflammation, working out has always been a struggle. I'm not a runner. Um, you know, everybody says walk at the walk at a treadmill or go for a walk. Well, my whole body swells when I do that or used to. So I was in a depressive state, I would say a couple of years ago and my therapist said, try Pilates. I think it'll really help. Well, that kind of changed things for me. I had been paleo for almost a year at that point, and I was able to start working out, which was a huge moment for me because I wasn't sore. My knees weren't swollen. My joints didn't hurt. So I started that, I think it's now six years ago. So I've kept up with Pilates, and then uh, when I moved here to the, the Monterey Bay area, I got more into yoga, and that has helped in a lot of different ways. I am able to stretch, I'm able to move, I'm able to feel what's going on inside my body. And then I decided I wanted to add an acupuncture and found an acupuncturist um, through my yoga studio actually. 
I had done acupuncture once before and I remembered the feeling when she put the, the needles in my knee, which I have a bad knee, always inflamed, always upset. And I could feel the energy, the bad energy just suck out of my brain. And this was gotta be 10 years ago now. So I thought, well, now's the time. I'm on this journey. Why not try something? It's gonna come out of my pocket. It's expensive, but health is wealth. And I'm gonna invest in myself and that's okay. So through synchronicity, I found um, my acupuncturist who actually specializes in women's health and endometriosis and PCOS. Who knew? Um, and it has changed everything. It just that in conjunction with um, movement and food. It was definitely not something I was seeking at the moment. It was something I was thinking about. And as a new health coach, everybody's talking about acupuncture and cupping, and it's kind of a big trend. Newsflash, it's been around for many, 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 many years. Um, but I also have a friend in my PhD program who's a Chinese uh, medicine doctor, and she highly recommended I try it, and I did, and it just shifted everything. So my knees don't swell. I'm actually thinking about going down to the gym in my building after this to see how my body reacts to working out. That's a big step for me because this is not who I was six years ago. Um, I'm a chronic sweater like sweat er, and I'm not sweating like I used to. So I'm, I'm able to see the physical manifestation of adding in um, traditional medicine. That's amazing. And I think, I think I, I agree. Like, you know, people are like, oh, this is acupuncture is all new and new age. And so I think that actually causes a lot of people to be pretty resistant to it. But I think that finding a, a practitioner or somebody who is familiar with the options even is a good idea for people to just kind of understand what's out there and to try some things. Because most of the stuff you just don't know if it's going to work until it works for you. And if you don't try it, how are you ever going to know? Um, I do know, I mean, I have some, some patients who are very, like they love acupuncture. Other patients love massage, like any of those hands-on, you know, manipulation. I don't love chiropractic, but I definitely think that it has a place. Um, for some people it works great, but I think that that's really important to find kind of that, that other piece to, to balance that out. Cause I just, you'll never know if it works until you try it. Exactly. Tell me about your mindset practice and how that's helped your health and how you kind of developed that. Cause I think you really kick some serious butt at that. Thank you. Oh gosh. How did I develop that? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> And I don't say it to be like weird or whatever. I just sort of, mm, how do I describe this? So I, I was working at this previous job that really was a toxic workplace for me um, and really got into my skin. I was really critical about everything. I was really um, angry about everything. And then I left that and I moved back to the ocean. And I think being closer to the ocean and being able to um, explore my passions rather than stifle them really helped. Um, I have the freedom to write if I want to. I'm working on a secret project inspired by you, actually. Um, awesome. I can't wait to hear about, about it. Later. <laughs> Eating the way I want to eat and, and being able to explore the world and, and truth be told, my cats. 
they have improved my mental health. And I think my mindfulness practice or my intentionality around my life has come from the idea that there's something them that's dependent on me and I have to be okay to function and it's okay if I'm not okay, but I have to be mindful about how I'm choosing to not be okay. I also think I experienced a big loss at the beginning of this year. Uh, one of my former students completed suicide and mm. that really changed my life. I, I posted about it this morning on my blog. Like it threw me into this, you can't just keep running away from your passion, which is health and wellness, because you don't know what's gonna come next. Um, so her death really spiraled me into this, I gotta change things. If I wanna change the world, I have to be intentional about it. And I know that I'm here for a bigger purpose, as cocky as that sounds, I don't know what that is, but I'm open to it. And this past summer, when I enrolled in that program, and took a chance, everything just fell into place. My Instagram started taking off. I built a community with you and with others through Instagram. Who knew that was a thing? <laughs> I didn't know it. Yeah, no. Met incredible people. And I think having that connection, even though it's not in person and it's not a day-to-day -day connection, knowing that there are other people out there fighting for the same mission and who are on your side has really changed my mindset. So connecting with people has been big. Again, being near the ocean and really being and releasing guilt for myself around not working out or eating the treats, really forgiving myself and finding that inner, that inner peace. I've read a lot of books, like I mentioned, I'm working on my dissertation in my PhD program and spirituality is a big component of that. Who knew that? I didn't know that was going to be a thing for me, but coming to that has released something inside of me that I want to share. And it's something that it just kind of, I didn't know was there. And here it is. Well, I think that's awesome. That's, a, that's an amazing, like, I, I think that just is a testament to how you just need to, you need to listen to you. Like, I know that, that saying you do you is kind of cliched, but it's really honestly the truth. Like if you listen to what other people are telling you to do, you're never, you're never going to be happy. I think some people can fake it pretty well, but I don't think that, I don't think if they're really honest with themselves, if you're doing what somebody else wants you to do, you're, you'll never be happy or never be truly happy. You might be content, but it won't, it won't be true happiness. Um, I found that like, that's how I ended up here. Like I was laid off from the job that I loved and I was like, I don't want another job. Are you kidding me? Like these are soul crushing jobs that are available and I don't want that. So I was like, fine, I'm going to make this work for myself. And I, I think, I mean, it's becoming more common to work for yourself, be an entrepreneur. But you know, when I was straight out of college, it was like, you go to college, you get a job and you work in that job until you die. And that is not, that's not me. So it's like, <laughs> like you got you have to do what's right for you. And I think that can be really hard for a lot of people, especially when your family is the one that's, that's kind of pushing you to do whatever. But I think you are a good example of how that has, it's changed your life for the better. It's changed your health. Totally. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about some of this body positivity 
situation because I think that you do an amazing job of that um, and you share that message really well. And like no judgment here, but neither one of us are rocking a six pack or thigh gap, which is totally not something that you should be striving for. And that's a whole show in and of itself. But my question is, how do you find that body positivity when you not, might not be physically where you want to be or where you have been previously? Because I feel like literally everyone who preaches this message of self-love and body positivity is doing it in their sports bras and their short shorts. And I don't think that means that they're not being genuine, but I think it's a little hard for people to swallow when that's not, when they're so far away from that place. And I think that you do just an amazing job of being okay with where you're at. And I want to, I want to know how you do that. Thank you. Wow. That's so sweet. How do I do that? I don't know. (laughs) I just, I think I've come to a place where, like I said, I'm 32. I am who I am. I look the way I look. And this idea of you do you or do you for you, like screw everybody else. I think that my life has, it's funny that you say like um, going to school and getting a job, that was what you were expected to do. Well, I was not expected to graduate high school. No one expected me to go to college. No one expected me to get a master's and nobody certainly expected me to get a PhD. So I have always had this spark of forget the world and I'm just going to do me. And right now, the thing that you're talking about, people being disingenuous around, oh, you can have body positivity and still have a six pack. Well, that's great. But guess what? There are people out there who have tiger stripes like myself across their stomach who only see that sometimes. But that doesn't make me any less valuable than the next person. And I think for me, finding my own self-worth within myself was the biggest thing because nobody's going to value my life. Nobody is going to place value on me unless I let them. And why would I give up my power? It's for me. I need to empower myself to do, do me for me and say, forget it to everybody else. And I, a lot of what I post on Instagram, I think hard and long about before I do it. I have a lot of my students who follow me. Um, so that picture of my sports bra and my sweatpants or whatever took a lot of courage to do. And yet juxtapose that to where I was five years ago or four years ago, I was skinny. I was a size eight. I'm a size 12 now. My size eight self wasn't happy. And I think for me, transcending the skinny or transcending the six pack or the great legs meant it doesn't matter what my body looks like as long as I am happy and I'm doing what I want to do and I get up in the morning and I feel that fire in my belly for the work or um, studying or being with my cats or going to the ocean. That's the most important thing for me. And I think that's, I think that's something that, again, a lot of people relate to. I mean, I, I, you know, these people who are like, oh, you, you know, here I am in my sports bra, my short, short shorts. And like, it doesn't matter what size you are. People who are, you know, a size 12, a size 14, not even, you know, even the same size as that person and not comfortable with where they're at are going to see that and be like, you like, no way, there's no way that I could ever get there. For me, I think it's a lot of like being thankful for what your body does for you because it does a lot for you. You know, you do yoga and Pilates, like your body, you, you know, thank your body for doing that. Um, I'm a, you know, endurance athlete and I, I feel like 
I owe my body a lot because there's a lot that it, it's done a lot for me, whether or not I'm comfortable with the way that it looks. But I think that, that it's like everything else. It's a process, but it's also a choice. You know, yeah. society tells us that we should look a certain way and we get that message all the time. And it's so frustrating because being a size two or a size four is not normal for everybody. It's just not. And I think when you feed your body right and you take care of that mental part and you get enough sleep, I think that it will be where it is and you should be okay with that because changing that is actually going to make you more unhealthy and cause bigger problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. That's all I've got today. Um, do you have any last thoughts or anything you want to mention to our listeners? I appreciate being here with you all. Um, this is awesome. I think what you're doing is great. I'm excited to follow your journey and to see what's next for you and to your listeners. You got this. Whatever it is, you got it. And you are enough as you are. And the fact that you're even listening to this means that you want something different or you just want a little bit of the same. And that's okay. You are good as you are. Love it. Thank you. All right. That's all we've got for this week. Um, don't forget that you can find me at www.marthaflorence.com and you can find V at www.authenticallynourishedv.com. I'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. Um, I will also put a link to her Instagram profile there. She is authentically underscore nourished underscore V. Um, but I'll put a link to that. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, there is a form on my website where you can submit those. And if you enjoyed today's show, I would love it if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave me a review. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.